Welcome to Crossover Church ATL. We are a ministry of city takers. And I wanted to welcome our family from Jacksonville, Florida, 1122 Church. Make some noise for 1122. They are here on mission with us till tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for being here. It's an honor to know you guys and your family. Um, I just read the verse that I was going to preach on. And uh, for time's sake, I'm going to make this a two-part series, all right? And I'm talking about a, a little bit of mental health. Say mental health. That's kind of a big topic in 2022. And it should be, rightfully so, because there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of stuff, especially in the last two years. And I want to entitle this message, Stress Relief. How many of y'all ever dealt with stress before? Stress, right? Yeah, everybody's like, amen. I, I need this one. It's called Stress Relief. Relief. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, a.k.a. stressful, all you who are worried and afraid and heavy burdened, and I, Jesus, will give you rest. How many of y'all like to rest? How many of y'all like me? You like to rest. Amen to rest. Well, mental health includes emotional, psychological, and social well-being. How we how we, how we think, how we feel, and how we act, in other words. It also helps determine how we handle stress, really. Because how you handle stress will determine your joy, will determine your happiness, will determine how you, how you act and how you react to things in this life. The human body, God designed us to handle stress and to react to stress. Stress can be positive sometimes. Positive stress is like if you're getting a job promotion or you're buying a new house or you got some type of greater responsibilities. It keeps us alert and it keeps us ready to avoid certain dangers that life brings at us. But stress also becomes negative. Say negative. And this is the bad stress. Negative stress is when a person continuously over and over and over faces the same challenges without any relief, right? If you keep dealing with the same stuff over and over and there's no relief in sight, it brings this bad stress into our lives and into our hearts. And as a result, the person becomes overworked and we build up stress-related tensions in our lives. And then stress could lead to negative health symptoms as well. I mean, this is a fact. I mean, it, it, it's, it's literally written about many, many, many times by so many different doctors and health leaders in our culture. It includes headaches, upset stomachs, high blood pre pressure, chest pains, problems sleeping. Researchers suggest that stress can also worsen certain health symptoms and or diseases or even cause them. Some of you are like, yeah, I felt some of that stuff before. It's probably stress. Stress is also harmful when people use alcohol or other substances to try to relieve their stress because it only hides the stress. It doesn't actually relieve nothing. It hides the stress and the stress seems to get worse and worse and worse because we only try to cover it up and try to, instead of trying to deal with the real problem. As I was writing this, I looked up some statistics and they're kind of scary, but I'm going to share them anyways. It says 45% of adults suffer some type of health effect, negative health effect because of stress. 45% of people have some type of negative 
health effect going on in their bodies because of stress. Check this out. 75% to 90% of all doctor visits are for stress-related problems or complaints. Like what? 75% to 90% of people who are going to the doctor's office to try to deal with something, it's related to stress. Stress can play a part in so many issues in our bodies. I said headaches, high blood pressure, heart problems, diabetes, skin conditions, asthma, arthritis, depression, anxiety. And they did a survey, the APA, which is the American Psychological Association, did a survey in 2020, and it says this. This is another shocking thing. Teenagers have reported higher level of stress than adults in the last two years. Teenagers. In 2021, the APA survey says teens reported worse mental health and higher levels of anxiety and depression than all other age groups combined. Young people are dealing with stress at all time high. That's why when I read Matthew 11.30, when Jesus says, come to me for my ways are easy and my burdens is very light. That's why it's key that we get this inside of us and we understand that we have a stress reliever in Christ. We have a, a, a way to cast our burdens on him because he is faithful and he's just to carry them and to relieve us of our stress in this life. And so I want to extract some principles as we look at the life of Jesus. Jesus was a, a man who was constantly under pressure. Jesus his, the Bible says that his fame spread throughout the nations. Everybody wanted to be next to Jesus. Everybody wanted to talk to Jesus. Can you imagine just being like that popular where and you step outside, it's like people just want to be around you for what, they, for, what you, for what they can do for you. It's always about what Jesus could do for them. Jesus rarely found a few people that he called his disciples that were like, hey, Jesus, I want to do something for you. I want to do something with you. You hold the keys to life, and I'm all in with you. But people wanted to be around Jesus for what he could do for them. But Jesus had to seek out time for, per for personal intimacy with his father. Other people repeatedly misunderstood him. Other people wanted to take his time. They wanted to criticize him. They ridiculed him. He had an enormous amount of stress, I would, I would probably think, in his life. Can you imagine being in the garden of Gethsemane and literally you know that you're about to go to the cross? Can you imagine what type of stress that would cause you? Like tomorrow I'm going to hang on a cross. I don't know if anybody would be able to, you know, carry that type of pressure. Most of us would probably cave under the stress that Jesus was carrying. But as we look at the life of Jesus, we quickly discover that he remained a man of peace, even under tremendous pressure from society. He never was in a hurry. Here's a man who had places to go, who had people to see. There's plenty of stories where people were dying and Jesus was coming and that person already died. And they said, hey, don't bother the rabbi no more. Your daughter's already dead. Meanwhile, he was attending to a woman with the issue of blood. Can you imagine how the father felt 
of the little girl who had passed away because Jesus wasn't in a rush and Jesus stopped to help somebody else. Now my daughter's dead. Can you imagine that? But see, Jesus never even responded to the negative comment about her, his, his daughter being dead. All he did, he's looked at the father whose daughter had just died. He says, don't worry, just believe. See, Jesus doesn't actually let the stress take him out. He doesn't even respond to the stress. He carries this supernatural peace on him 24-7. He was never in a hurry. He was always at ease. He had this calmness about his life that it enabled him to handle enormous amounts of stress. I don't know about you, I want that same type of calmness. I want that same type of peace. I want to be able to handle that type of pressure and that type of stress. So how did he do this successfully? That's the real question, right? How did Jesus really do this? He based his life on what I like to call sound stress management principles, a.k.a. stress relief principles. And maybe if we understand how to apply these principles to our lives, we'll experience less pressure and more peace of mind. As young people, as, you know, I don't know, what do you call 30s and 40s? Mid Middle-aged? No, everybody's like, no. Everybody's like, no. Young people, young people, and young people. If we learn how, as young people, how to apply these things, We'll learn how to walk in more peace and not let stress take us out spiritually, not let stress take us out physically, mentally, even like in our physical bodies. In other words, we could have stress relief and take care of our mental health. So what are these principles? Let's take a look at them. The first one is this, identification. Say identification. All of us, if we drive vehicles in the state of Georgia, we have to have this thing called an ID card. Or a driver's license. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. He also said this, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. In John, 10, John 14, 6, Jesus knew who he was. And here's the first principle of handling stress in your life. It's identification, knowing who you are as men and women of the kingdom. You have to understand who you are as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of Christ, as a son and as a daughter of a most high king who has an inheritance from a whole other kingdom. It's critical and it's important in stress management and stress relief because if you don't know who you are, you'll let every other person pressure you into becoming who you're not. It's called peer pressure. And I succumbed to that as a teenager heavily. A lot of us did. We became people who we were not supposed to be because of the pressures of what everybody else wanted us to do and not God. Because we had no idea who we were. A lot of stress in this life comes from putting on costumes and putting on masks. We try to be somebody we're not really supposed to be. And we, we act this whole thing out very well. A lot of us become really great actors, except not in Hollywood or the ATL. We become actors in the kingdom. We try to put on, you know, righteousness. We try to put on, we try to fit in with the crowd. And we try to do things that we know that we're not supposed to be doing. We try to be somebody we're not. People have expectations of us. And we try to live up to other people's expectations. Rather than being the 
son or the daughter that God intended us to be. The reality of this is I'm talking about a lot of us live these double lives. We live under constant pressure of, man, I know I'm a Christian, but I still do this. Man, I, I, I want to come to church, but I got to act like I got it all together. I got to put on this costume. I got to put on this mask. So we live under the stress of living this double life. But we need to figure out who we are in God's sight. That's the first step in balancing or handling stress. You know, a lot of us uh, here, in fact, we got to understand that we are a child of God. These are, these are the facts. And we got to remind ourselves of the facts, of the truth. Because it's the truth that will set us free. Even free from stress. I'm a child of God. I'm not an accident. I want you to say this. Say, I'm a child of God. Say, I'm not an accident. Say, I was put on this earth for purpose. Say, I'm deeply loved by God. Say, I'm completely accepted by God. Say, he has a plan for my life. Say, I am significant in him. So you got to write these things down. Because this is who you are. This is your identity. And the enemy would love nothing more than to tell you you're not that. You're not significant. And so what we do, we put on the mask of significance and try to hide it because we believe the lie. And so we're stressed out because we don't know who we are as men and women of the kingdom. This, knowing these facts, knowing this truth has helped me cope, cope with tons of stress in my life. Now, I don't have it all figured out. But what I do know is this is a key to unlocking a supernatural peace, understanding who we are as men and women of the kingdom. But let me tell you this too. Because you're here, you're significant. You're significant to the Father. You're significant to this city. You're significant to the, this nation. You're significant to the nations of the earth. You know why? Because God has commissioned you, called you, and set you apart for his work. What you do, listen, what you do is so significant to the Father. You say, you, but you don't understand, Scott. All I do is stay home and, you know, take care of my house and take care of my kids. Who told you that wasn't significant? All I do is work at Walmart, and I, I help people every single day. Who, to, who, who told you that God cannot use you at Walmart? Who told you that? Listen, God is a God where all things are possible to them that believe. I was talking to my friend who actually lived in um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and he worked at Walmart, and that Walmart is the busiest Walmart in America. Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and he says that he was actually had, I, I can't remember, it was like a million people every single week went through there. And I'm like, can you imagine being a minister of the gospel, getting in front of a million people a week? Do you not think that God would send you to work at Walmart to be an ambassador of a kingdom that, that, that nobody even knows about, that when you speak to people, you speak life over people, that when you get to touch somebody, you touch them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you get opportunities to pray, you get opportunities to love your neighbors, like what? And we over here looking down because somebody said Walmart is not a good job. It's not about the job on this earth. It's about the job that the Father put in our hearts. And knowing 
that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation for God's people, for his own possession. As it says in 1 Peter 2.9, you and me are a child of God and we are significant because of whose we are. The second principle of handling stress relief or stress management is direction. Say direction. Jesus says, I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus knew who he was trying to please. He was on earth to please his father and his father alone. So the second principle is this direction. Know who you want to please. You cannot be people pleasers. That is going to cause so much different stress in your life. You trying to please everybody. Listen, everybody cannot be pleased by you nor me. And that's okay. I'm going to tell you as your pastor, it's okay. You don't have to please everybody. In the name of Jesus. You might as well please the most important person in your life. Which is your father in heaven. Jesus knew who he was trying to please. It was a settled issue in his heart. He says, I am going to please my father. And then the father replied to Jesus before he even started his ministry. At 30 years old, John baptized him. And the father spoke from heaven. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I want to be very clear with everybody in here. Jesus is pleased with you, not based on what you do. Not based on works. Not based on what you do for him. He is pleased with you because you are his son and you are his daughter in whom he loves. Period. Because our hearts are pure and our hearts are cleansed. Because we're clothed with righteousness through faith in his son Jesus. Period. See, we try to add on to that. We try to do great things for him. And Jesus doesn't need for us to do anything for him. The only thing he wants us to do is things with him. There's a difference. And we try to, we try to please God by doing things for him. And we don't have to do that. We don't have to earn his love. His love is a free gift. And we start to understand that. You start to walk in that. It starts to change your perspective. And it starts to relieve Distress. The Bible says this in Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. I like the way that the basic Bible translation says. It says this, let your first care be for his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be given to you in addition. This is a promise. Like this isn't just a suggestion. This is what Christ promises us. If we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these other things will be given unto us. It means if I focus on one thing and one thing only, pleasing the Father, it will simplify my life. If my main goal is to please God, he will take care of me. If my main goal is to please God, it, I will always be doing the right thing. If my main goal is to please God, I shouldn't worry about what anybody else thinks or says about me. Because my main goal is to please the Father. It's God and God alone that I, I'm dedicated to and he will take care of me. This fact relieves a lot of stress in people's lives. Knowing who I'm here to please. 
here to please the Father and the Father alone. The third principle is this, and stress relief. It's destination. Say destination. Jesus says, my testimony is true, for I know where I come from, and I know where I'm going. He says this in John 8, 14. Jesus knew where he was from, but Jesus also knew the direction where he was going. He knew what he wanted to accomplish while he was on the earth. He knew his assignment, and he knew his purpose, and he knew the direction to get to the purpose to glorify the Father. The principle is this, destination, know what you want to accomplish. I wasted a lot of time in my life. Has anybody, anybody done that before? You waste a lot of time, especially in your younger years. You just waste, you waste, you waste. Next thing you know, you're like, I don't even know where I'm going. And that, that will cause so much stress in your life, not knowing what direction you're going in. But when you know where you're going, you know what you want to accomplish. It just relieves so much of the stress. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It might even be hard. But at least you know what direction you're going in. Unless you know where you're going, how will you know if, if you ever get there? It's real. You got to plan your life. You got to set priorities. You got to set boundaries. You got to pursue your goals. If you don't know what you, you want to accomplish, or if you know what you want to accomplish, it will help relieve a lot of pressure in your life. You got to set priorities. Because if you're either going to live by priorities or you're going to live by pressures. I'm going to say that again. You're either going to live by priorities or you're going to live by pressures. There's no other options. You either decide what's important in your life or you're going to let everybody else decide what's important for you. And us as sons and daughters of the kingdom, we got to understand what is most important for us. And we got to seek first his kingdom and we got to do the things that Jesus is commissioning us to do, which is go into all the world and make disciples. So you need to set priorities so your life doesn't live by the pressures of this world and the pressure that everybody else puts on you. It's easy to operate as business as usual. We all do that sometimes. We wake up and we just go through life kind of wandering. We go through life as this is what happened yesterday, this is what's going to happen today. This is what happened last week, this is what's going to happen this week. This is what happened last year, this is going to happen this year. I love, I love January 1st. Everybody does these New Year's resolutions. But it's like 99 point something percent of people just live the same way they lived the year before, including me. Gym memberships go through the roof. Nobody goes after two months because we live business as usual. But Jesus is saying we have to understand and we have to know what direction we're going in. Someone said this, it's crazy seems to be crazy to have a habit of a man that when he loses his way, he doubles his speed. It's like an Air Force pilot in World War II who flew over the Pacific. When he radioed in to the controller, he says, the controller says, where you at? Where are you at? He kind of got lost. And the pilot says, I don't know, but I'm making record time. It's like when you're lost, sometimes you try to speed up to try to get anywhere. But the reality is you don't know where you're going, so you're probably going in the wrong direction. You're going in the wrong direction fast. A lot of people in this room are speeding through life, 
but we don't know where we're headed. And because we don't know where we're headed, we're never going to get to our destination. We're going to fly over it. We're going to fly around it. We're going to fly behind it. But we're never going to get there. And my last point is this for today. I'm going to continue this thing. I got seven of them. So make sure you come back next week. My last one is this, concentration. Some people try to get Jesus to detour from his planned schedule. Some people try to distract him from his goals in this life. Look at the story that we find in Luke chapter 4. It says, when the day come, Jesus left and went to a secluded place. And the crowds were searching for him. Sometimes we just read past that part. But let me pause on that part. The crowds were looking for him. See, Jesus knew what was most important in that moment. And everybody else wanted his time. Everybody else wanted his attention. Everybody else wanted him to do something for them. The crowds were looking for him. And came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. But he said to them, check this out, Jesus said to them, these are men and women who probably had good intentions, who probably had needs. They were probably great needs. But Jesus said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For I was sent with this purpose. The fourth principle in stress relief is concentration, meaning focus on one thing at a time. It's a word for somebody in here. You got to focus on one thing at a time. Jesus was a master at this. It seemed like everybody tried to interrupt him. Everybody had a plan B for him. But Jesus always kept right on doing what he knew what God had told him to do. What was he called to do? Luke 19 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. He was determined. He was persistent. He concentrated his efforts. Have you ever been in a situation in this life where it just seemed like it's too much? Stress was high. How am I going to accomplish all of this stuff? I can't do this, this, and this at the same time. Oh, my job is giving me too much. Or I just had a kid. I just had this. You know, I'm in this situation. I went through a divorce. I lost my business. I mean, there's all of this stuff that life throws at us. And it just seems to be too much. You seem overwhelmed. I've been there before. You want to know how I got through it? Here's what I did. I started doing one thing at a time. One thing at a time. Another thing. Finish that. Do another thing. Finish that. And over time, you look back, you're not in the same situation that you were stressed out about and you were overwhelmed about. Because whatever looks like it's too much, it probably is to do at once. you got to do one thing at a time. I read this quote. It says this, inch by inch, life's a cinch. Yard by yard, life is hard. It's a, it's a matter of taking one step at a time. As long as you know what direction you're going in. Eventually, over time, 
you're going to get there. When I focus on one step at a time, I can get through. When I concentrate all of our efforts, we are more effective. When we use a magnifying glass with the sun, you ever done that before? You take the sun, which produces heat and light, and you put that thing through a magnifying glass, it concentrates the sun down to a little tiny bead of light, and that little tiny bead of light will light a fire. You can do that with your life when you concentrate things. Say, you know what? This is what I'm doing. This is the direction I'm going in. Jesus didn't let interruptions prevent him from concentrating on his goals. He didn't allow other people to make him tense or stressed out or irritated. He concentrated on the task at hand, and he got through. So maybe you're in here today and you say, you know what, I need to concentrate. I need to make sure I'm going in the right direction. I need to understand what my destination is. I need to understand my identification, who I am in the kingdom. So we can put stress in its proper place. Jesus has come to me. Don't come to Scott. He doesn't even say come to church. He says, come to me, and I, Jesus, will give you rest that your soul desires. And one thing I know about stress, it steals the joy from our soul. It steals the peace from our souls. But there's access to a man named Jesus. He's accessible today. He's not in a rush He'll stop just for you. It's the beautiful thing about Jesus. He'll stop for your need. He'll stop because he says, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. And so there is such thing as a release from burdens and stress. You don't have to carry that. Jesus says, listen, I've already carried that. I put God the Father, put that on his son on the cross. Now I'll give you rest. Come to me. See, he knows what's going on in our souls. He knows that we need supernatural rest. We need peace. We need joy. And he wants to do this great exchange. He wants to take the stress of this life and he wants to give you his peace. If you allow him to. Through prayer, through faith. Right now, you have access to it. So if that's you, I want you to slip your hand up just so I can see you so I know who I'm praying for. Say, so you know what, I, I want to I want to give them my stress. Go ahead, slip it up right now. Come on, I want to give them my stress. I want to give them my anxiety. I want to give them my fear. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for each person that is in this room, Lord God. I thank you, God, that we have access to the living Jesus. That you said in your word. that if any of us are heavy burdened and weary, that you'll give them rest. So we trade off the stress of this life and we put on your yoke. 
You said that your yoke is gentle, humble in heart. And in you, we will find rest. So I thank you, God, for the release of burdens and stress right now, even as I'm praying. I thank you for the release right now of stress, of anxiety, of fear. Not being able to sleep at night. Thoughts racing through your mind. Peace be unto your thoughts right now in the name of Jesus. Peace. Supernatural peace. Lord, I thank you that you are our stress reliever. And that through communion with you and communication with you, we can receive your grace every single day to truly live this thing out. This is the day of new beginnings for us. This is the day of real freedom, real joy, real peace. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah.